the health and wellness coverage back in the day was really gross. It was like about vanity and six pack abs and just didn't really speak to us then or now. And we were looking for answers and journeys and curiosities around mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental well-being. And for us, that's always kind of been the core values of Mind Body Green. Hello, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Carly and Mia. Hi, everyone. Welcome back and happy new year. Yes, happy 2021. Finally, although nothing has changed yet at all. (laughs) I know everyone was really excited for 2020 to end. And I guess it's more of like the mindset. Maybe people are feeling like leaving that year in the past. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So we're feeling positive starting 2021 with a great episode. We had Colleen Wachub on the podcast today. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Mind Body Green. Yes, I am so excited for this one. I loved talking to her and we were both so excited to be able to record with her. Another guest who has been on our list of dream guests for a while since we started. So it was a great conversation with Colleen and it was cool. We talked obviously a lot about how her and her husband Jason started Mind Body Green, but the conversation as always went into like a bunch of different directions. And we talked about a lot of really cool things that I feel like a lot of people will relate to. So it was really fun. Yeah, I was great to talk to her and you'll hear all about it in the episode, but she and her husband started Mind Body Green in their apartment and now it's grown to be huge with amazing sources, experts. They've expanded into so many different lines of business. So it was really cool to hear about that inception story and just pick her mind about all things in the industry and wellness and health. So it was great. Yes. And they have a podcast too, which I really love. So I highly recommend listening to that as well. They have so many different guests and they have some short episodes too, which are fun to listen to just like shorter. I think Mm -hmm. they release them like two or three times a week, which is pretty crazy to think about because I think it's pretty much all Jason that's doing the interviewing. So definitely very busy. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so... You're going to love the episode. Before we get into it, we'll just chat a little bit about what's going on with us. Obviously, we're coming off of the holiday week, so it was kind Mm -hmm. of a nice, slow and relaxing week for me, at least. I was home with my family, and it was really nice to see just a few family members and just kind of get out of the city for a few days. I'm lucky because my family lives pretty close to the city. So it was an easy drive and I was able to safely get my test before going and everything and all of that. But now I'm back in the city and I'm happy to be back and kind of get into it. Like we said, I feel like New Year's is really just like a mindset thing. But for me, I feel like I like it because it just reminds me of all the things that maybe have like become less apparent in my life that I want it to be better at, like all those things that people start to do in the new year, like planning their meals and journaling and all of that, that I Mm -hmm. try to do throughout the year, but it's a nice reminder. Yeah. I always love the new year. And I mentioned this last time that my family always spends new years together, which is fun. So I just got back from Amagansett at my parents. It was different this year, not my whole family, unfortunately, but so happy to be able to see them and be at the beach. I actually lived there for like five months at the beginning of COVID. So it was interesting to be back now starting a new year and not much has changed in the 
COVID situation. But yeah, like you said, it's just a great time to get in a better mindset and think positively about all that's going on. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that not much has changed. Obviously, the vaccine is beginning to be distributed and hopefully it gets distributed quickly and it's effective long term and all of that works out. But like getting myself into preparation for being a little bit sheltering in place. Obviously, everyone's been doing the precautions for a long time, like you said now, and not much has changed. But it is starting to feel like there is another big wave happening right now. Just even like hearing of people you know having COVID and everything just makes you want to stay inside. And it's winter, so it's the perfect time to stay inside. And we're all professionals now at doing our indoor workouts and our workouts from home and working from home and all of that. So just gearing up for that this winter. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we can hang out a bit. I still have to give you your Christmas gifts. <laughs> I know. And I have something for you too. I'm excited. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. I got Carly... Well, I thought I was getting us embroidered sweatshirts that say mostly balanced around the neck and I accidentally ordered t-shirts. So had to, and that took a month to get here. (laughs) She shipped them the next day after I ordered them. I ordered them at like midnight one night. I just found them and thought they were so cute. She shipped them the next day and they still didn't get here for a month. So I won't say anything bad about the postal service. I know they're all working hard. They're (laughs) losing all packages. So I'll say bad things about them. (laughs) Well, I hope that our now I have sweatshirts. We have t-shirts and sweatshirts. We'll link the designer. They're so cute. And you'll see us share those soon. Yeah, I can't wait to wear mine. I'm so excited. So for my new thing I'm trying this week, (laughs) it's a little bit different. I am obsessively unsubscribing from every single email that I'm a member of, like every email list that I'm on. I cannot believe how bad I've let this get. I have obviously it's not the first time I've unsubscribed. So don't yell at me for that. But (laughs) anyway, um, in the past, I had used something called unroll me. I don't know if Mm -hmm. anyone listening has heard of it, but it was amazing because you could basically every day or like every few days, it would give you a list of all these email lists that you were a part of and do you still want to be on them? And then you could just like uncheck the ones that you don't want to be on. And it was like so easy. They would just unsubscribe you from them. And I'm not really sure how it works. Like if they're actually unsubscribing you or if they're just like sending those to your spam or something. But I feel like over the past few months, everything has like crept back into my inbox. And I do kind of remember getting some emails from Unroll Me saying that they weren't going to exist anymore. So anyway, long story short, on New Year's Day, I just started opening every single email I was getting and just clicking unsubscribe. And it was pretty fun because so many of them were like, try our cleanse and like try our new reset program. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. I don't want to <laughs> do any of these things. And also like all the post-holiday sales and everything. Yep. And I feel like I'm like pretty easily swayed by email. So I think this will be really good for me to not have all of that clutter in my inbox and in my brain. But it's like never ending. Like I feel like for the past few days, I just keep getting more emails that I have to unsubscribe from. And my biggest annoyance as I continue to rant about this, my biggest annoyance is when they like hide the unsubscribe. Oh yeah, hide it. It's so small. And then you click on (laughs) it and then sometimes it brings you to a website that like just says, okay, you're unsubscribed. But then sometimes it's like you still have to do more to unsubscribe. And then sometimes they trick you even more. And it says like, you're unsubscribed. Click here if you want to subscribe again. And I'll click that by accident because I'm like thinking I'm unsubscribing. So I've 
just been unsubscribing and resubscribing by accident. And it's just been, it's been, yeah. it's been a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you though. There is nothing. I was just thinking about this. Like I will get emails and I don't register for months that I'm like on this mailing list that I'm getting emails from these people every single day. And then I just get like so frustrated, like pent up frustration after every day. And yeah. it feels great, great to unsubscribe. And it's actually really great on the desktop of Gmail, how now like mm-hmm. all the promotions go to like one folder, but on your phone, or at least on my phone, I don't have it set up that way. So everything shows up there. And it's just like, it's really overwhelming. And these are like little things that you think might not like affect you in a big way, they but do. I think they really do because they make my brain like just kind of full. And then I feel like bogged down. And then, like I said, I'll see an email about a sale and then I'll shop and then I'll be mad that I spent money. So this is going to be great for my mental health. I think by next week I'll be feeling really good about it. So <laughs> I'll give another update then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the new year, everyone is always thinking about like decluttering their house, decluttering their space, cleaning their closet out. Like it's just, this might not feel like something that needs decluttering, but I, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Emails are emails are terrible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I am trying. I know like last week I talked about how I want to try to do a dry January, but then I also posted about how I just like similar to like feeling like you need to declutter and like revamp your whole life. I feel like there's so many like buzzwords and pressure to be doing cleanses and detoxes and whole thirties and dry Januarys. And I'm all for like anything anyone wants to do, but I feel like it's so easy to just get overwhelmed by that. And I feel like my advice is just to tune into what you want to do. And yeah, I might try to do a dry January or try to just like tone down on drinking after the holidays. But there's just so many like absolutes that you either have to do this for 30 days or then you might not feel like it's like super effective. So I just wanted to like throw that out there for our new year post. Yeah. And our I new think, year episode. I think that you're so right. And I think that it like, in my opinion, you know, if it's something that's going to work for you. So you kind of like have to know going into it, how your mindset is. Like if you're thinking I'm going to do a dry January and then the whole time you're thinking, Oh my God, I can't wait to have a drink on February 1st. Like then that's not what it's meant to do. But if you're thinking, Oh my God, I've been drinking so much. I just need to like cool down. Maybe taking a few weeks off will like help me cool down a little bit. Then that's like a little bit different. I've had like mixed results from all those different things like you have too. And I think it, it all really is dependent on how my mindset was. Yeah, definitely. And I did whole 30 once and I loved it. I didn't do it for the full 30 days actually, but like I learned a lot of lessons from just doing it for a couple of weeks and kind of how to feed my body when I, or fuel my body when I was hungry and realizing that I could eat whenever I was hungry. That's not a bad thing. Eat when you're hungry, but it's choosing better options and reading labels more. So just wanted to like quickly talk about that because I know we're all inundated with what everyone else is doing and social media, everyone, there's so many workout challenges and messages from all different places. So similar to your emails, you need to maybe just like mentally unsubscribe to a lot of that chatter, which I think is important to keep in mind. But then I just have a quick product that I'm trying. I just tried it once today. So I will continue to see how it goes. But you know how Sephora gives you when you get points or your birthday, you can get like a free thing at checkout. Mm-hmm. I never get do those things. I always just hoard all my points because nothing's ever super appealing to me. <laughs> but I did get these Briagio hair treatments. So we talked about this with Rachel Mansfield last week. She 
can go nine days without washing her hair. I'm not like that at all. I wash my hair every couple of days. I feel like it looks oily. I don't love to use a ton of dry shampoo. I also just love the feeling of washing my hair and taking a full shower. But I did use today this Briagio Scalp Revival. So it's a charcoal and coconut oil exfoliating shampoo. So it's really good for your scalp. There's like peppermint and spearmint in there. So it feels like tingly and exfoliating. And then also the charcoal to like pull out impurities and kind of that product buildup. So if you use I don't know. I love my shampoo, but sometimes I just feel like I need a little cleanse. And then there's also coconut oil. So it is not drying. It is very moisturizing. So I liked it. Starting the new year with a scalp exfoliator. (laughs) Your hair looks very shiny. It does. As so, you were saying charcoal, I started thinking about the, the charcoal milk <laughs> we used to get. Oh, yes. Carly and I used to work right near each other. Our offices were a couple blocks away, so we always used to meet at Gregory's. And that's like a story for another day, too, how Gregory's <laughs> has the funniest marketing and like none of it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> we also both used to leave work for just like an hour <laughs> just hang out yeah. at Gregory's. At Greg's. At Greg's. Yeah, that was so great. And we did love those milks with a Y. Yeah, the milk. <laughs> Infused with charcoal. And I really had no idea what that meant at the time, but... Yeah, was, but it sounded cool. I feel like we used to get it after we would be out like the night before solely and really hungover and we would just get our charcoal milk. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was doing something good. Who knows? But yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to hear about the other products that you got from Briagio. And I wonder if it's something that you would buy in the future because sometimes those Sephora samples, I feel like you're right. They're not that great. And then they just go like to waste. Yeah, I liked this one, not something you'd use every day. And then there's the don't despair, repair, hydrating, like deep conditioner mask. So it's good to try out. They're small and cute. And Are they clean? You know. Yeah, Biragio, I looked into the company. They say they're, it's like 95% all natural and they market themselves as a clean product. But I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if Biragia would rank up there with like all those pure, clean beauty brands. But I mean, I'm not a huge stickler for that. So yeah. just testing out the product. I'm always just curious. And now Sephora yeah. on their website, you can click it. It says like clean at Sephora or something. And mm-hmm. they separate all of like, and they're all pretty much like that. Like they're not, I don't know. Some people have really high standards, but they're mostly all natural, which is kind of the extent of what I'm trying to do like, like these days. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll be just washing my hair with coconut oil or whatever people do. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. I like my, I don't even know about like Kiehl's. Kiehl's is a brand that I've used for over five years now. And I've used the shampoo and I've loved it, but I don't know entirely too much about like how clean Kiehl's is, but I still love a lot of the yeah. products. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like perfume, like none of that's clean. No. That's fine. That's all semi dirty. clean, semi clean in 2021. <laughs> yeah, partially <laughs> clean. <laughs> well, I hope everyone loves this episode. Like we said, it was so much fun to record, and we're so grateful to have been able to talk to Colleen. And we're excited to come back next week with another great guest. Yes, thank you so much for listening throughout 2020. And we're excited for all the great guests to come in 2021.
Hi, welcome back. Today we are joined by the co-founder and co-CEO of the leading lifestyle and wellness media brand, Mind Body Green. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Colleen Wachab. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yay, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, maybe where you are now and what you do? Yeah, so I am a native Californian, grew up in Los Angeles, been here in New York for 11 years where I am still adjusting to all things, especially the winter weather. They say it takes 10 years for your body to adjust to drastic climate change, and I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm a mom to two little girls, Ellie and Grace, and as you mentioned, the co-founder and co-CEO of Mind Body Green, which is what gets a lot of my time and attention these days. Yes, of course. Well, first, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what Mind Body Green is, what type of content you offer, as well as some of the other lines of business you've gone into? Yeah, so my husband and I run Mind Body Green together, and it came from a really organic place in that when we were dating 11 years ago now, we were both going through health issues and just kind of the bigger questions about what the F am I doing with my life type of things that we all grapple with. And Jason had debilitating back pain, and I was having more kind of purpose-driven questions. I had been working in the world of retail. I worked at Gap and Walmart and Amazon and learned a lot and worked with really great people, but it wasn't really speaking to my soul in all the right ways. And I really used wellness as my way to you know, touch into my passions and my purpose. So Jason in, gosh, this is 2009 went in full steam ahead. So he was working every day, every night while I maintained a job and moonlit on the weekends. And it really just started from this, you know, questions we were trying to solve for ourselves. For Jason, it was about his back pain and yoga was the entry drug, quote unquote, that helped save him from surgery, even though he was open to it. And at the time, the word wellness wasn't really a part of the lexicon. The word obviously existed, but it was this thing that maybe was a fancy European med spa. And the health and wellness coverage back in the day was really gross. It was like about vanity and six-pack abs and just didn't really speak to us then or now. And we were looking for answers and journeys and curiosities around mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental well-being. And for us, that's always kind of been the core values of Mind, Body, Green. And that hasn't changed in the past 11 years. And after I had a pretty traumatic personal life event, I had a pulmonary embolism. That you know was the inflection point in my own life where I was like, okay, now it's time to take the plunge full time and left my corporate world to join Mind Body Green. Happened to also coincide with the time in which we actually started to make money. So could afford a very small salary at that time to join full time. And we really started as a media company. And I view us now at this interesting inflection point where I think of us more as a wellness company that happened to have started in media. Content is at the core of everything we do. But we have a line of supplements, which are pretty extraordinary products and have helped me so much tremendously. And I think are just such a great way for people to optimize their health now more than ever. And then we also have a functional nutrition coaching program. So, so many people are trying to unlock these tools to help them feel better, to help their families feel better, to help their communities feel better. And this is really like the masterclass of health and wellness experts. If you were to ask like, who would you go to to fix this problem in my life or to get the best nutrition advice, this would be the faculty that we would offer and have offered. So we're doing a lot. 
as a wellness company these days and have really kind of expanded from our, our media roots, although that's still at the core of what we do. Yeah. I mean, you guys do so much. I feel like I have so many things to say to that because I personally, huge fan of Mind Body Green, love all of just even just the content I love so much, but also just to take it another step further. I love the supplements. I take specifically the NR plus and the magnesium plus, and I could talk about it all day, just how much of a difference I actually notice from both of them, which is like really important to me because I say so much and like I've written blog posts about this where I don't just like spend money on a supplement just to take it when I'm not going to notice a difference. And so many people take so many supplements that they probably don't even know like where they come from and what's in them and everything like that. And so I love that I can actually trust what's in it and that I see a difference everything like that. And then about your functional medicine program and the coaching program that you have, it just like the whole curriculum and the whole staff of instructors and teachers and everything that you have on there is amazing. I personally completed my health coaching certification at IIN. But it's funny because I didn't at the time know that MindBody Green was starting one as well. And now when people ask me about IIN, I basically point them in the direction of MindBody Green, which is like... I did like IIN and I learned so much from them and I'm grateful that I had that. But I've like told multiple people, no, check out Mind Body Green and everyone has the same reaction. Oh my gosh, these instructors and these people that you can learn from, like, and even if you don't want to enroll in the full on like program, you do offer like individual classes as well, right? Exactly. Well, and also I love what you said about supplements because we are supplement minimalist as well. And, you know, for us, it's about really being thoughtful about the ones that you're taking. And of course, always selecting you know the best quality ingredients. And it answers that same question that people would ask us all the time of, oh my God, there's so much stuff out there. How do you guys choose? And we aim to create kind of ridiculous standards because we are kind of ridiculous when it comes to ingestibles and what you're putting in your bodies and think it's really important to have highest quality supplements. And for functional nutrition coaching, thank you so much. And I totally agree. It's the program that I wish I had in my own life, especially in my 20s when I was not very nutrition savvy as I could have been to help navigate. And these are so many of the people whose like calendars we couldn't get on, you know, if we had an issue and there's not just the video modules, but there's also some amazing, incredible office hours where you literally get to pick the brain of like the masterclass of health and wellness. Yeah, that's That's amazing. Yeah. I love that you mentioned with supplements, there's so much out there and you're very picky, have high standards with great quality, but that translates to everything that you're doing. Like you said, the people that you're choosing to lead these programs, the content you're putting out in such a saturated wellness and quotes industry. So I'm so curious how you source your sources for your articles, how you find all of the experts. I mean, you have Deepak Chopra, Esther Perel. These are huge names. So a company that started in your apartment and is now really leading the wellness industry and offering very high quality advice. How do you go about that? Yeah. So what's kind of fascinating about Mind Body Green is it's always been about this community of experts has really been one of our key brand equities before we use those words to describe, you know, kind of the function of the experts. And it really like so many things happened organically where Jason was originally writing every post. He doesn't scale. He's not an expert. And our good friends in this space, people like 
Dr. Frank Lipman, Yogi Tara Stiles were like, hey, I'll write a guest post. And, you know, that really started a movement of experts wanting to write and get involved. And now I think wellness is just so cluttered and it's so hard to understand and discern what you should focus your attention on that for us, the most important decisions are about reducing the clutter and being really selective in choosing the credibility and types of folks, you know, who we work with, because that's so important to the DNA of the brand. And that group of experts has really grown organically. You know, they've been folks who have been part of our Revitalize event, which we didn't get to do, unfortunately, in 2020. But you know, really love bringing this community of experts together and look forward to the opportunity to do it IRL in 2021 and events that we do in other cities. They're really part of the fabric of what we do as a company and their real organic relationships, which I think is really important. There's not necessarily a transactional element to it. And cutting through the clutter right now in wellness is, is so important. And we do a lot in terms of on the content side of not just referencing experts, not just having experts write, but any health or nutrition piece is also medically reviewed. We also have a director of scientific affairs who's a PhD in-house. So we take our science pretty seriously and also try to have a little bit of the fun and wellness too. So they're both equally important. And I think as we look at 2021, we want to encourage people to add a little bit more joy into their wellness routines. And we informally sometimes use the mantra of soul and science. Having both of those elements, we think is really important. Yeah, definitely. And obviously you started the company with your husband and you mentioned that at one point he was writing a ton of content and I believe you were too. So how did you guys kind of define your individual roles? You know, there there was such a... uh, If we were to go back and do things over, there definitely wasn't the, you know ideal business case in terms of laying out the opportunities and the roadmaps and the things we do now as a more established company. And it you know, really started from this curiosity and, and desire to go deeper. And at the time, the main revenue stream was advertising. And I was never really a seller by nature. I think it was never something that came naturally to me. But as an entrepreneur, probably like the first, second, and third most important skill is really being able to do sales whether it's selling investors, selling your products, or in the case of advertising, actually selling ads. And just learning those skill sets and becoming confident is something that took me a lot of years. And I ended up really building the sales team along with the team here at MindBodyGreen. And in the beginning of our company trajectory, I spent a lot of my time with sales while Jason focused more on the content side of things. And as our business has expanded, we've overlapped a little bit more in kind of how we work across the organization. And we probably have our hand in all the pots these days. Because again, going back to content being the underpinning of everything we do, it's hard not to have one foot and an arm and a leg too on the content side of things because it's the fuel for our advertising, our supplements and our coaching. You know, it's the best way for us to, to live out our mission of helping to spread more wellness in the world and making it more accessible when you know there's just so much great free content from really people who are so forward thinking and, and setting the health and wellness agenda. Right. It's so cool that you and your husband do this together. I feel like I have so many questions about the dynamic of a working relationship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious was 
wellness something that was always an important part of your relationship or even when you before you had dated him was finding someone who had a passion for wellness or fitness was any of that in mind at the time totally i think it just had different vernacular in the day so right. i as a californian i loved sports growing up and then after high school and college was athletic liked to run so i think it took on different names but like the underpinnings of this passion for feeling good for exercising for movement the underpinnings were all there. And then wellness kind of comes and gives you this vernacular to talk about all these different tools that complement your life and kind of work together. I think for me, the biggest unlock, you know, has really been around nutrition. And in my early 20s, it was like Diet Coke and things that, you know, I look at now as not things I would ever consider to ingest into my body. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that for me has been the biggest kind of like evolution because I've always had that desire to move my body, you know, and, and to prioritize sleep and things like that. But learning those foundations are just not things I learned growing up. Yeah, that's so true. And being a co founder and CEO, is it important to you that everyone that you hire at the company has obviously not the same exact values and the same exact mindset, but has a passion for health and fitness and wellness and all of that? So passion is one of our four core values here. So mm-hmm. uh, yes, yes, it is. And I think it's something that you know we're always like hiring is always so tricky and it's always something we're trying to get better at. But the reality is, even within health and wellness, you're still going to work hard. It's still a place where you're going to be spending a lot of your time and a lot of your mind share. So I think you have to be passionate about what you're doing because otherwise startups are a hard place to work. Having worked at Gap, Walmart, Amazon, those are a lot easier than working at startups. You may not be as fulfilled at your soul level, but from like a work-life balance standpoint, it's sometimes a lot easier at big companies. So I think anyone within health and wellness has to be kind of connected to the mission or the purpose or else it just doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. I yeah. Totally agree, especially the salespeople, like obviously the content okay. people and everything, but being someone who works in advertising sales, you have to be passionate about what you're selling. Otherwise, how are you going to sell it? It's, it's so true. It's so true. Our sellers are actually, they're an incredible team and, and most of them do actually have unconventional backgrounds where they weren't at other media companies, but their relationship with us came more from a passion around what we were doing. And we have a openness to hire folks from unconventional backgrounds. Right. I love that. But also I like that you said working at like Amazon, a very competitive sought after company is maybe easier than a startup because you do have a larger team to depend on. I'm sure you have an end of the day where you can turn off. How do you, working with your husband especially, running your own business, how do you turn off if you do? Yeah. If you do. (laughs) It's something I think about a lot. And the upside of startups is that you get to, if you are curious, you get to grow in so many ways that you wouldn't in a big company. So I remember when I worked at The Gap, I was in merchandising. It was a really big deal to go from selling women's sweaters to selling women's pants or an even bigger leap to go into men's. There was such like a very limited growth capacity. And there was just these very limiting beliefs on what you could do with your skill set. Now that led to a very predictable day to day and a really good place to work. But if you were really curious and wanted to like learn new things a lot, it's probably not the place for you. And the flip side is that as a startup, you do get a lot of growth 
opportunities. But I think you really have to ask yourself, okay, am I a person who thrives more having more clear cut roles and responsibilities? Or do I want to have a little bit of ambiguity? And I've learned from, you know, making a ton of mistakes in hiring, and also just hiring some truly phenomenal people that a lot of people just aren't comfortable with ambiguity. And I think it's great and fine. I just think it's, you know, a tough question that people always have to ask themselves of like, okay, why do I want to work at a startup? They get a lot of press and buzz, but like really ask themselves, what's the type of work environment I thrive in right now? And as it comes to me and unwinding personally, we've actually learned to embrace this idea of work-life integration. Because I think especially now as we have children, there's fixed hours where we're physically in the office. As you guys know from trying to schedule this, we leave at 5.55 each day to get home for dinner with our girls. And we have our family routines, but our mind share is often with the company in terms of, you know, when we're on family walks, these are the types of things Jason and I talk about. When we wake up in the morning, we'll have a thought, we'll share it. This weekend, we got together with our good friends, Tara Stiles, the yogi. So there's always this movement in and out of wellness. And so we've come to embrace the integration because it just sets us up for better uh, success than the rigidity of work-life balance and the thought that at a certain time, our brains and not just our keyboard stop. Yeah, right. That's so true. And it's so interesting too, because I feel like right now, probably so many people feel like they work with their significant other because they're working from the same like room or apartment or house or wherever you are. So it can be hard to figure out where like that separation is. So I like your mindset on embracing it and not like trying to force a hard line of separation. Yes, it's working for us right now. But you know, at 2020, you always got to be nimble. Yeah. Yeah. Do you and Jason have similar or contrasting working styles? I think our strengths and our styles are so different, which is why we're compatible, like not just as life partners, but as business partners. And it's funny, like we raised a small amount of capital as a business. And when people were, you know, doing reference checks, they might reach out to like some of our friends and afterwards they would say, Oh, just so you know, basically all the questions they asked us were about your relationship. (laughs) And then we met our lead investor, this man named Lou Frankfurt. And he was like, this is awesome that you guys are married because I'm going to get so much more of your mind share. And (laughs) it's so true because you are always thinking and talking. And like, we always joke that it would be hard for us to be married to a normal. Um, (laughs) Where our our strengths are different is, you know, Jason has just such a higher risk threshold, I think, than I do. And this is something that over the past 11 years, we've probably come closer together on. Whereas I think I started from a place of more rigidity. And there's balance in both and having both of these masculine and feminine energies of understanding the potential, but also being thoughtful about the path to get there. So the biggest difference is probably that from like a mindset standpoint. I think what we share is a passion for all of these things and just like a curiosity. Like it's fun for us to talk about James Nestor and breath over the weekend. That doesn't feel like work. That's where, you know, we have those like shared interests and values. And I think we both have, which is the key to making this work, like so much trust and respect for the other person. So whether it's a creative decision or a financial decision or a business decision, if the other person isn't on board, that's like a huge flag. We'd be like, oh, wait, because there's just so much trust within each other. (laughs) 
Yeah, definitely. Is it just Jason who does the podcast, like interviews the guests? I have done a couple of them and I may do some in the future, but it's currently Jason's doing most of them. And do you find guests sort of the same way that you find sources for your content and everything? So it's a combination. And what's fascinating about audio in 2020, soon to be 2021, is, you know, when we think of the role of audio for the brand, it is where we can have a lot of nuanced conversations and kind of forward-looking conversations that are really difficult to have in either digital or social. So it tends to be more of our forward-looking content. And there is no shortage of self-submissions of a podcast And, you know, for us, the curation is the harder part about finding the stories that haven't been told that we think will be trending within the zeitgeist and that are bringing a conversation that couldn't happen on a digital medium. So there has to be some sort of nuance to it or or some important layer where it needs to have an hour of audio versus could it be a written feature or could it be just a normal editorial article. But one of the amazing things about our podcast that fires me up is that our audience is very kind of like celebrity agnostic, whether there's a celebrity or whether there's a doctor who hasn't written a book, our audience really just cares about the content and the service that's being driven by that episode. They could care less if the person is super famous or not. So it's been a wonderful incubator to help give a platform to all of these health and wellness practitioners who maybe don't have their book or haven't made the New York Times bestseller list and help them build their brand and their name in the same time. Yeah, and I, I think that. that I do too. And I think that it also, in my opinion, has a lot to do with just your credibility and the credibility of Mind Body Green. Because for me, I mean, I was just telling Mia before we started recording this that I listened today to the episode of Matthew McConaughey and it was so good. Like I, I loved it and made me want to read his book and it was amazing. But at the same time, like to your point, if I saw a guest that I had never heard of, I still listened to it the same as I would listen to Matthew McConaughey. So it's just like you said, more about the content, but everyone listening, I highly recommend that episode because it was so good. (laughs) Yeah, that episode did really well. He's a walking soundbite. I'm curious about the types of readers and listeners that you have. Do you find that you have like niche audiences within your audience that you cater content to? And like, how do you also approach speaking to like one specific lifestyle? Like maybe it's plant-based or all these fad diets. How do you not slant, but frame your conversation for your audience, but also reaching those sub audiences? Yeah. So, you know, if we were to go back to the origin days, we were serving a super health forward audience. And now the majority of our audience are wellness newbies who are just starting off on this wellness journey and are looking for people to cut through the clutter, give them no BS advice and commentary on what is actually helpful and what doesn't have the science behind it. And it's important for us to have that more health forward piece of our content mix, because that's what really speaks to our base and helps us continue to lead the wellness conversation. But the reality is, is there's just more and more wellness newbies, people who are recognizing the importance of wellness in their life for the first time. And there's also a group of what we call the wellness explorers. So those are people who are going narrow and deep within a particular topic. So whether it be autoimmune or 
whether it be fertility or pregnancy, they tend to be using us as their way to go really narrow and really deep. And within the, the values of kind of where it stands of how we curate the content, you know, particularly within the food and nutrition space, the shared values of Mind Body Green haven't evolved in a wonderful way in the past 11 years in that we've always leaned heavily into a functional holistic point of view. So the idea that if we are working with an expert who's a doctor, she might prescribe you an antibiotic or she might prescribe you meditation and understanding that connection between the mind and body and that the body is working in a very connected way. So just doctors who embrace that point of view, I sometimes are referred to as functional medicine, but you know, you're seeing more and more people and doctors and health practitioners crop up who just, you know, kind of support that more holistic point of view. So things that fit in that framework are a lot. And I think sometimes it can be confusing for people because they'll be like, wait, I read an article about veganism and I read an article about, you know, keto the next day, like I'm confused. And, you know, we really believe that you have to figure out what works for your body. And it can be a combination of intuition. It can be a combination of listening to your body and it's a wonderful privilege to be able to do lots of blood work, but sometimes you need to get cues on that front to help you navigate. But what works for me definitely does not work for my husband. He uh, you know, will fast frequently as a woman and as someone who just weaned um, you know, from my second child three or four months ago, that is definitely not in my cards. So I think it's really important for people to be able to start to listen and take cues from their body. But that's a muscle that has to be trained. And for me, at least, it wasn't the way I was taught. And I had to learn and develop that skill set. Yeah, that's such a great point. And I was actually just talking to somebody about that the other day that I have developed that too, like you said, like I grew an interest in health and wellness and nutrition and everything. And obviously that continues to evolve. But then you have to kind of remember like everyone's at different points and everyone is different. Like I have friends at work who are like never drinking water throughout the day. And they'll say like, no, I don't drink water until like I get home and I eat dinner. And I'm like, that is something to me that like, if that were me, I would not feel like a human. Like I need to be drinking water. And like just something small like that, that like is something that like works for one person doesn't work for another or they're like so early on in their wellness journey that they don't like understand the importance of that. I love that Mind Body Green really does cater to everybody. Like you said, like you could be someone who's just starting to meditate, never meditated before, or you could be like a wellness guru and you want to learn about something more in depth like Ayurveda or like Kundalini and just like you have like so many different niches in there that are like so interesting to learn about. Yeah. I mean, I found that wellness is super sticky, right? No one does something, feels better. And then it's like, oh, I think I'll stop this. <laughs> so you like start feeling better and you want to go deeper and you want to dive deeper. And that's why 10 years ago, food and nutrition was the entry point for so many Mind Body Green audience members because you have a great meal or you start eating better for like three or four days and like, wow, you, you instantly feel better. You may even see the results. And it's such a motivation or anchor to, to keep you going. And as the site evolved and as the world's evolved, you know, now our, our entry point for a lot of people is around mental health. And I obviously only see that trend accelerating going into 2021 of, of that being the new way in which people start going down their, their wellness journeys. Right. I was just going to ask if you had noticed after COVID had started, we're in a global pandemic, if you saw an uptick in people coming to your site, coming to your podcast for any mindfulness tips, mental wellness tips. Curious also if you changed your content at all. 
and like moved away from a content calendar to fit what was happening in the world. Yes. All of those things. (laughs) Check, check, check. So, um, you know, audience wise, podcast listens and downloads and traffic is traffic in December is, is actually triple digits over last year, which is like super exciting. December is not typically the month in which people start to think about their health and wellness. So interesting to see what will happen in the month of January. Right. Yeah, we've seen, you know, huge shifts, right? Because I view wellness now as a new expression of personal values in the same way that beauty and fashion was for women five or 10 years ago. So because of that, you know, wellness basically fits across all the layers of a woman's life. And I I tend to use say woman because our audience is 85% women. So that is mostly who we are servicing. Beauty has been a fascinating content category, people wanting natural and clean beauty techniques that they can do at home. Huge spike there. Anything from cutting your own hair to (laughs) dyeing your eyebrows, but wanting to do it in a way that aligns with their values being the key theme. Of course, everything you would expect around feng shui and people wanting to make their home more of a sanctuary. Now the question's evolving of, okay, you've already Marie Kondo'd your closet in 2020, but now how does your home evolve to be a place that creates and sparks joy? And movement, of course, is now people have completely changed, you know, how they're engaging in fitness. But I think there's this larger trend among fitness of people realizing we've probably been a little bit lied to about how we need to think about our exercise. And we don't need to spend, you know, an hour at the gym unless that speaks to your soul or at a fitness class and that there's a lot we can do in a shorter amount of time. Walking is so good. And, and really listening to what your body needs there. And I think women in particular, you know, probably can focus more on the recovery aspects of what they need. And then content wise, I mean, it's definitely just impacted again, like every layer of what we do. I think the sustainability conversation is fascinating right now at a time in which we're using more plastic utensils than we ever have. We're also seeing the cosmetics market make amazing strides to eliminate single use cosmetics in certain categories. So in some ways, we're taking a step backwards, but then, you know, we're taking a step forward in other areas. And I think it's really just been about trying to read the pulse of our audience and and where they are and and what they need. So immediately following the pandemic in the early days, obviously, we're still in it. But, you know, if we go back to mid-March, we made a ton of our classes free. People were hurting. People needed healing. People were confused. And we talked a lot more about We're always talking about mental health, but it was a a real pillar of our podcast and it will continue to be because I think the, as I mentioned, the mental health trends are only accelerating and people are now going to start thinking about their mental fitness in the same way they do their physical fitness. Yeah. And that's been so cool to see too. Do you have a favorite podcast episode that's come out? Ooh, it's like Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) I I think Matthew was an office favorite to to say the least. (laughs) Uh, I'm really fascinated by uh, nutritional psychiatry and Umanadu and David Katz's perspective on COVID, I think was a really fresh perspective and really interesting. And I was proud that we were able to have that nuanced conversation on the podcast. So there's many babies I love. (laughs) Was that over the summer? Yeah. I think I listened to that one. Yeah. You've had so many amazing like voices on there. So it's been really cool to hear. What are some of your favorite ways to incorporate fitness into your routine? So I'm a huge walker. I live in Dumbo here in Brooklyn, as you ladies know, and and walking is the way in which it speaks to my soul. It's why we live in New York City, because we have the ability to to walk to these amazing parks. And that is my primary 
means of exercise. And then my secondary is Leah Bartha is the founder of the B Method. And I'm looking at you because she lives in Prospect um, right near you. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And <laughs> she was my Pilates trainer pre-pandemic. And it was my one hour a week that was calendared. You know, basically the whole office knew that I was leaving to go to my Pilates lesson. And she's just such a pro and she combines like fall stability work. And during the pandemic, she launched an app, the B Method, which I can't say enough great things about. So I'll mix in a little bit of B Method with some yoga routines from Tara Styles, and, and that's it. It's really simple for me. I definitely thrive more in a recovery than exerting myself too much on the cardio side, which I did earlier in my life. Yeah, I definitely learned that over the past nine months too. Like I used to make myself go on long runs, take spin classes. Now I'm doing like solely Pilates, body weight workouts in my living room and it's all I ever need. And Carly's been loving Leah Bartha. Yeah, I've had a similar experience to what Mia just said. Like I was always training for half marathon, marathon. Actually, when COVID hit, I was training for the Boston marathon and I had like a ton of different personal like red flags for me to slow down, but I never really listened to them. And then COVID, like a silver lining of that is that it did kind of force me to slow down. And I'd taken like a really long break from running and I've gotten a lot more into yoga Pilates. And I recently did start doing Leah Barthas workouts and I am obsessed with them. I love them so much. And I feel like even when I stopped running so much, I was doing like other workout classes that I loved, but were so like beat based and like still like really like amping me up. And now I love that she focuses on like the connection between your mind and your body and everything like that and using the ball and even like the more cardio type flows that she does. I love that too. So that's cool. Were you working with her one on one? Was mm. amazing. I know. I know. And and the range of her routines I've found far surpasses any instructor I've ever tried. I, I don't know how she thinks through the coordination of it all because they're all of her classes are so different. So if you're like me and sometimes you can have ADD when it comes to doing any physical activity online, she's great for that. Yeah. I love that we talked about how people's wellness journeys are at all different points. Some people are starting. So I truly feel like the past nine months have probably changed so much about what people thought was necessary for fitness. Like I thought I had to like sweat for an hour to have a good workout. I thought that, you know, just all of these ideas that I made myself feel like were facts are now I'm realizing how much I needed to slow down and a Pilates class is just as great of a workout for my body and mind as what I used to be doing. So it's interesting how all of these things evolve over time. For sure. For sure. And we'll continue to continue to evolve. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Is there anything new happening in these next few months, next year for Mind Body Green? Like I was not expecting the supplements. And then obviously we've talked about the podcast and the classes and everything. Is there anything you're excited about releasing? Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's kind of a funny time because January is like our holiday time period. So while we celebrate Christmas and the New Year's, then January is such a big time from both a content supplements and coaching standpoint. So there's a lot going on. There's some exciting innovation in supplements. And then there's also some exciting innovation in a new category, which I can't say yet. But, ooh, ooh. No, place your bets. 
which will be launching around Q2. So we are busy to say the least. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. I love that. Have you, I know a lot of companies during COVID, obviously, unfortunately, have had to go on hiring freezes, lay people off, and everything like that. But as you've seen increased viewership on your platforms, have you had to staff up in order to keep up with that? So what's really interesting is last year, close to 90% of our business was advertising. And this year, with the launch of commerce, with the success of our coaching program, our business is about 50-50 between advertising and commerce. So we are evolving our skill base to be more commerce focused. And it's been about hiring people with really specific skill sets as it relates to commerce, like data and engineering. So it's just been part of that interesting inflection point for us as we transition and evolve from a wellness media company to a wellness company that started in media and will always have media. (laughs) Right. I mean, as a business owner, you have to always be thinking ahead, pivoting. There's always a new trend, a new like Instagram feature. Like there's so much to keep up with to reach your audience and give them what they want. So it's cool that you're really adapting to everything that's coming your way and launching, I'm sure, what will be an amazing new product or vertical. Can't wait to find out. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) It's really been an exercise for us because we have raised a small amount of capital, but not funded in the way in which a lot of larger companies are, we have to be so thoughtful about what we choose to spend our resources on. And we have debates about, and we'll probably continue to be having debates and conversation about how much time we should be spending on a platform like TikTok. Um, Sure, we'd love to be everywhere, but at the end of the day, what is the purest expression of the Mind Body Green brand where we can show up authentically? And those are kind of the trade-offs and conversations that we've had. And We've always been a fan, you know, as owners of diversified revenue. And I think it's a wonderful thing to have, especially in 2020. But it definitely puts strains on the organization in ways in which if you have one product, whether it be advertising or there's some D2C companies that literally only have one SKU, that's a hero product, it's a lot easier to be resource efficient. So for us, it's always been the North Star and the way we wanted to run the business and we're excited and you know fulfilled by being able to bring all these other parts of the ecosystem together in a really meaningful way. And for us, the vision has always been about you get into wellness, it's super sticky, you want to do more, you want to learn more. So that was how we launched our classes business. And then the next phase, once you're really into it, is okay, give me the tools. And the Mind Body Green audience member is, is pretty sophisticated and they're way more into tools than trends. So how do you give people the tools to transform your life is kind of the next phase that we're focusing on. Yeah. And we haven't even talked, we've talked so much about your successful business and your obviously partnership with your husband, with Jason, but we haven't even talked about the fact that you have kids. You have two children, right? Yeah. I have two girls, Ellie and Grace. (laughs) And how old are they? So Ellie will be four in January and Grace is a year and a half. Wow. Wow. So you are like just nonstop probably. Uh, Yeah, it it is definitely a high intense age group, Uh, you know, very hands-on. It's actually easier for me when they're newborns and now they're like running around and they are very active. So we are have very full and complete lives. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine like work ends and another full-time job starts. (laughs) 
this aura ring so I can track my sleep to make sure uh, <laughs> everything's. Oh good. yeah. Do you like the aura <laughs> ring? I am actually deeply passionate about my aura ring and I'm a technology minimalist and I, I see the, the value of them, but I also, you know, see the concerns of over tracking and I've been really, really satisfied with just the insights that I get from my aura ring and how I realize the effect of alcohol on my body. I think in the pandemic, I was probably making a few too many margaritas at home and <laughs> my aura ring was like, Ooh, this is hurting my recovery index. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want that. And just understanding like the layers of sleep and how, you know, important that deep sleep is to your recovery. So even though there are two little girls who impact my sleep and will let me know if I had a good night's sleep or a bad night's sleep, I still find the insights just like so helpful. And it's also caused me to go to bed at like, I'm like a super grandmother. I, I go to bed according to Aura Ring. My ideal bedtime is between 8.45 and 9.45. So <laughs> 6.45 being like, it's time to think about bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Do you try to like adapt your life to get a good braiding on your aura ring, like a little report card in the morning. <laughs> and the other day I had a 97 sleep score and I was like, OMG, like this is just like way too good to be true. I can't tell anyone about it because I'm going to jinx my sleep score. And then of course, like the next day, I think Grace like was screaming all night or something. <laughs> that is amazing. 97. I've wanted an aura ring really badly. And I actually, I like track my sleep just like very, very minimally myself. Like I'll wake up and I'll write down like how my sleep was. And then I'll also take inventory of like what I did the day before and say, like you said, did I have alcohol? Did I have sugar? like close to bed? Did I take my magnesium? Did I have CBD? Like all of that. So I'm so curious what an aura ring would tell me in terms of like more metrics because my rating is basically like good, bad, not <laughs> great. I find my deep sleep is profoundly impacted by when I take two capsules of our Mind Body Greens Magnesium Plus. And I love like being able to like geek out on the data of that and kind of like see the metrics work um, in my favor. That's been fun to track. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. How far before you go to sleep do you take it? So I have to take it two hours before bed. And I am in general a fast metabolizer. So I think it's just important to note because if people have taken prescription sleep aids, which I've definitely taken in the past, they work much faster. So with natural um, sleep supplements, you need to kind of think through your bedtime approach a little earlier than you would if it was a different type of supplement. <laughs> right. I love that we got the Mind Body Green stamp of approval for the Aura Ring. <laughs> yeah, huge fan, huge fan. But speaking of that kind of as a trend and magnesium supplement taking, curious what your favorite wellness trend as of late is and what your least favorite is. Ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> So favorite trend, geesh, that's, that's a tough one. I am about to try on my levels to get better insight into blood sugar, which will be my next tracking device to help inform kind of how I eat. So that I'm super excited about testing out. I'm going to start the tracking of it today. And I'm going to do it with my husband to see how we both react differently from a blood sugar standpoint, since we eat probably two of three meals the same. It will be interesting to see how that all works out. And least favorite wellness trend. I think it's probably just wellness as a 
whole has been just like tough for me to necessarily identify with. Like I kind of cringe sometimes when I hear the word wellness, just because it's so cluttered and some of the soul and some of the science has been taken out in recent years. And I think 2020 is such an interesting inflection point where the stakes have gotten a little bit higher. And we've realized that health and wellness is so vital. The two are just so interconnected. If you don't have wellness, you don't have health. You need health to be well. So I think it's going to change the way in which everyone thinks about their own health and wellness. And, and maybe the, the word will become a little less cringy for me. <laughs> yeah. And to not view wellness as a trend and actually view it as a vital part of your life. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so it's been so cool to hear everything about Mind Body Green and a little bit about you, but we want to transition to our rapid fire questions for the last few minutes and just to learn a little bit more about you personally. And like rapid fire is a little bit of an exaggeration. They're not like super fast, but Mia, why don't you kick it off? Yes, I'm curious. Before COVID, when the world was open, what was the best trip you ever took? Ooh, uh, I feel like you'll have a good answer here. <laughs> Yes. It was a year ago. We went to Blackberry Mountain. It's outside of Tennessee, not outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. It is a well-being paradise that has all the wonderful outdoors and nature. And you go on hikes to pizza and <laughs> the best food and also just like amazing hikes and fitness exploration. It is, it is paradise. I love Blackberry? Hike to pizza. Blackberry Mountain. Hiking to pizza is pretty much the, the headline there. Yeah. <laughs> We need to go, Carly. Yeah, that's that sounds right up our alley. alley. (laughs) And speaking of pizza, what is your favorite restaurant in New York City? And what would you order there? So FNF has amazing pizza. I would also say Oshomoco for amazing Mexican, where their menu has so much more than just tacos. And then we go to Russ and Daughters and get bagels with wild salmon every Sunday. Yum. Of course, what kind of bagel. I had to give you three when you asked for one, but food's very <laughs> my life here. That's amazing. <laughs> you touched every meal of the day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> what is the first thing you do when you wake up and the last thing you do before bed? First thing I do when I wake up is say thank you. And that is my very, very simple gratitude practice. And last thing I do before bed, and while I am obsessive over sleep etiquette, I know this is not what I should be doing. I do watch a television program, which right now is the morning show. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yes. I loved that show. So good. (laughs) Couldn't stop watching. I do the same, unfortunately, because my boyfriend needs to fall asleep with the TV on, which drives me nuts. But yeah, I usually end my night with TV as well. (laughs) Do you have a TV in your room? I do. That is a way in which I go against sleep etiquette protocol. (laughs) Well, it works for you. So not one size fits all. (laughs) All right. So our last question, I'd love to know what advice you would give to yourself 10 years ago. So when you walk into our apartment, there is a blue neon sign that says trust the process. And I would have given myself that advice of just trust the process. The universe has your back. You can't understand how things are working out. And sometimes you just got to Calm that A-type down and surrender to the process. I love that. I love that. Do you still give yourself that advice today? Of course. If it's in your apartment, obviously. (laughs) I love that it's a neon sign too. That's so cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing more about Mind Body Green. I know everyone listening is going to love it. So can you tell everyone listening where to find you guys? Absolutely. So mindbodygreen.com. I'm Colleen with two L's and two E's at mindbodygreen.com. And I'm going to try to do some more things on Instagram one day, but I'm Colleen Wacob on Instagram. Great. Thank you so much, Colleen. This was amazing as hearing from the CEO of one of our favorite companies. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both. It was so wonderful to chat with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And maybe one day we'll meet IRL. Thank you for listening to the Mostly Balanced podcast. You can find us on Instagram at mostly underscore balanced. And if you loved the episode, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple. And we'll see you again next week for another great episode.